Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to Christmas Eve on the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me today, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Matthew Matera on the podcast, ready to talk a little Bucks defense versus Cowboys offense as we sit a little over 24 hours out from kickoff to begin the 2021 NFL season for your reigning Super Bowl champs, baby! That's right! Tampa Bay Buccaneers! Yeah, John, I am so excited. I'm not nervous, but I have this this anxious anxiousness to me, just this anticipation. I want to get yeah. to Thursday night already. As much as we've talked about it, I just I just want to get there. I want to see the Bucs take the field. I want to see them raise the banner for winning the Super Bowl last season. I, I'm excited with the anticipation of just what's to come for this season for the Bucs, starting with Thursday night. Absolutely. I mean, the roster, everything about it, the team, the organization, the fact that they've been able to bring everybody back. It's it's we don't it's not every year that we go into a season thinking, oh, we have a chance to see something unprecedented. And I think we definitely do in Tampa Bay, but it starts in week one. It starts with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, there's certainly going to be a lot there for us to unpack in that matchup. If you haven't listened to yesterday's show, highly encourage you to go back and listen to Scott and JC as they break down the Bucks offense against the Cowboys defense, what to expect there. That is the side of things that I think people expect to be pretty one-sided maybe in this yep. matchup. And it should be uh, on the Buck side of things. There's definitely no excuse. Every matchup, every stat, every analytic is kind of in their favor in that one. It is hard to find any edge on paper um, for the Cowboys um, in that, on that side of the ball. <laughs> on our side, what we're discussing today is Bucks defense versus Cowboys offense. And on the side, we'll be tackling a lot more reason to think that it'll be a very, very competitive game for sure, Matt. And so I'm excited to get into it with you today. We've got a ton to discuss and break down in that matchup where intrigue abounds. But first, this is going to be brought to you by Tropical Vibe Celsius, folks. And we couldn't be more geeked about it. And Blueberry Pomegranate Celsius, if you see what Matt's holding over there. He's got the heat edition. My I'm favorite telling you, one. Man, yeah, brought out the, the favorite flavor for you know the last podcast before uh, yeah before the season starts. That's a good. I mean, the tropical vibe is definitely kicking it for me right now. I need to get some new Celsius though. I was looking the other day at my store. I'm about out of a lot of my favorites, and so the the sparkling starfruit pineapple edition tropical vibe. No sugar in these things. Essential energy accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. Celsius is amazing. What they've been able to do with an energy drink that doesn't make you crash. It's game changer. And you've already seen it kind of filtering around the web. Probably maybe you've heard your friends talking about it. Celsius has just skyrocketed in popularity uh, over the past year as more and more people have tried it and more and more people have abandoned any other form of caffeine, energy drink, whatever it might be for Celsius because the taste is there. It's better for you and you don't have the crash. They have really kind of perfected uh, and found the cheat codes within energy drinks. And so check out Celsius. I can't recommend it enough celsius.com you can go to or you can check out the the go to amazon and get the subscribe and save option get a couple percentages off your order uh and get yourself some celsius coming to your door every month i think that might be uh the way to go about it with celsius and so uh it's good stuff for sure it's the status stuff that has changed the game for us and we hope uh that it can change the game uh for you as well so all right matt let's talk about this matchup because there is some fun things to get to in this game Absolutely. let's just start with we're going to talk about cowboys offense versus bucks defense and by the way at the end of this podcast matt and i will be going kind of game by game 
through the Bucs season and picking where we see the team winning a game and losing a game throughout the year. Um, so stick with us for that at the end of the show. But Prescott uh, coming back from a broken ankle and a shoulder injury that has kept him out mm -hmm. most of camp. This is a, a big stage for Dak, obviously, to be able to come back against the Super Bowl champs and make a statement that he's all the way back. It's asking a lot of him right out of the gate against the defense that's played as well as Tampa's has played in their most recent performances and as good as they look on paper. But this is still an offense that is kind of has some pieces around him now where this could he, he could make it happen. He could give the Bucs legitimate trouble right out of the gate, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. The Cowboys have so much talent, especially when you look at that wide receiver group. And I think that might be the number one matchup going into this game is, is Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup against Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, and Jamel Dean. I think that's that's the number one matchup of whoever can win the advantage in that could end up being more successful in that game. It's so interesting with Dak, and I'm excited to watch him play too. He yep. went through a very serious injury, and, and it's great to see him come all the way back. But now we know he's not just coming back from the broken ankle. He had that right shoulder injury. There's been a lot of news about that. Sometimes I think it's being poured on a little bit where maybe he wasn't as injured as he – not that he like wasn't injured, but the, yep. oh, we're going to limit him so much and we haven't seen him in the preseason – Right, But with that said, I think that's going to hurt him a fair amount, at least in the first quarter, where I'm all for getting live action in the preseason, even if it's you know just a couple of snaps like we saw with Brady in that first preseason game, then he played more in the third preseason game. Mm -hmm. But Dak is going to have to knock off some of that rust. He really right. is, whether, whether you like it or not. When he hasn't played in almost over a year, because he only played five games last season, that's a big deal, more than I think people are leading on. I, we've said with the Bucks before, and the players have said it as well, that you know we can't just walk onto the field and expect to win a game because they won the Super Bowl last year. Sure. I think for people watching the Cowboys, you can't just Dak, you can't just expect Dak to come onto the field and automatically be the Dak that he was for the five games last season. So I could see the Cowboys running into a little issue where. If we still expect the Cowboys' defense to be what they were last season, the Bucs could easily jump out to a 14-0 lead, and then you're asking Dak to do a lot behind the eight ball as he's still trying to get into rhythm for this game. Yes, absolutely. It is important for Dallas's defense to be competent early in this game. Good not word. only for Dak, but right, like I'm not saying you have to like hold Tampa Bay scoreless in the first half, um, but you right. cannot let Dak kind of shoulder the whole load in this one, right? Like that's not going to be fair to him and coming back from the injury that he's coming back from with the banged up group in front of him. We'll get to in a second. Yeah. There just isn't a lot of onus on him to, or there shouldn't be a lot of onus on him to carry this team right away. Offensively, he'll need to, if they're going to be, win this game for sure. But defensively, they can't be like, Oh, go, go put up 45 points, you know, and win this game. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think Dallas, that side of the ball, you know, like I said, was discussed yesterday in the podcast and we will focus mostly on this one, but yes, the defense needs to help them at the same time. I don't think that I agree. I don't, I know I don't agree with Bruce Arians statement that they are focused on stopping Ezekiel Elliott first and foremost, Bruce could be lying. I will say that at the outset, he could just be saying things to say things. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. We just know what he said. This isn't necessarily a knock on him. It will be if they do that in the game, if they load the box. 
you know, I'll, I have no problem knocking him. I'm just saying if that actually is the mentality and the agenda for this game, it's a bad one because Zeke Elliott is not winning this game for the Dallas Cowboys. He's not. Uh, he, it just, it's not going to happen. Zeke Elliott could run for 200 yards in this game, and I don't think Dallas would be would be would I wouldn't even be worried about Dallas winning just based on that number. Like that's not a concern for me. Everything Dak could do with his arm is a super big concern for me. And if you think that Dallas under Mike McCarthy, who has had one of the highest pass rates of any play caller, head coach, offensive mind in his career, basically abandon the run for years at Green Bay to throw the ball <laughs> as often as possible. I know he had Rodgers, but Dak's pretty freaking good too. If you think he is going to come out with a run first mentality and try against the and league's best it, defense, yes, for run two stopping years defense. In a row. Yeah. Like this isn't a, a fluke. Everybody knows what the Bucs are about. And on the other side of the ball, you have an offense you're going up against in Tampa Bay's has put up 30 plus points in eight straight games, was a juggernaut last year when they didn't even know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You're going to come out running the football, trying to establish it, hashtag establish it. That's what you think is going to happen if you're the if you're the Bucks and you think that you're going to be sorely mistaken, man. McCarthy is not one of these coaches that likes to play around. I mean, they're going to run the ball here and there for sure. They yeah. got Zeke and their tackles are back, but they're going to try and throw the football, man. They got Dak Prescott, they got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. They think their trio is better than the Bucks trio. They're going to go out there and try and prove that from the outset. We are talking about not a dink and dunk passing attack either. I mean, nope. Dak Prescott last year, Matt, in less than five full games. 15 of 28 on 20 plus air yard throws or more 20 plus yards or more in the air. He was 15 of 28, an absurd percentage first in the league and best rate in the league uh, during that time span amongst quarterbacks that had 20 plus deep ball attempts or more. He was first in the league and in completion percentage and first in the league in yards per attempt. So he was hitting then about a high rate and they weren't just like 21, 22 yard gains either. We're talking about like 40, 50 yard gain. Like, they were, they were churning out big plays. Now, were they going against more relaxed coverages of points because they were getting whooped on? Maybe a little bit. There's Those numbers certainly would have regressed somewhat. But this offense will come out, guns blaze, and air it out. They did with five games of, of Dak and Gallup and, and Cooper and C.D. Lamb and Mike McCarthy together, and they're going to do it exactly the same thing in week one. They're going to come out looking to take shots, splash plays, get the Bucks back on their heels. And if the Tampa Bay comes out loading up the box, they're going to get cooked on defense. It's just all there is to it, Matt. I agree with you in the sense that if if the Cowboys' plan is to just run the ball, then they don't have a chance. I mean, the Bucs obviously would welcome that. And even if they do have a little bit of success against the Bucs' run defense, it still wouldn't bode well for them in the long term of that game. It's a little difficult to judge this side of the ball with the Bucs' defense against the Cowboys' offense because we have such a small sample size with Dak playing last season, I mean, to go back to Ezekiel Elliott, he had his worst career rushing season last year with 979 yards in 15 yeah. games. But there's that outlier of, well, you didn't have Dak there at all. They had a lot of quarterback issues last year. They were down in a lot of games. Even in the games where Dak Prescott was playing, a lot of the times they had to play catch-up, so they weren't going to run with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you go back to that that game against the Falcons where Dak made a miraculous comeback and they defeated Atlanta. We all know Atlanta is the best in the league when it comes to blowing huge leads. I mean, that's right. we've done that for years. But then you got to look yeah. at another game as well. <laughs> they lost to the Seattle Seahawks. I believe the final score was like 49-38, something like that. 
But the Cowboys were getting blown out in that game and then scrambled Mm -hmm. at the end to make it look like it was a bit closer than it was Mm -hmm. when you look at that fourth quarter score box. So I don't think Dallas will be able to do that in this type of situation. Now, granted, if they're in it in the beginning, then the Bucs could be in a little bit of trouble. But I just would love to see, I think the ideal situation for the Bucs and Bucs fans watching is what I said before about the Bucs getting out to that lead. Yeah. The Cowboys against this Bucs defense, which we saw exactly what they did to the Chiefs, where the Chiefs had to start playing catch up and throw the ball a billion times, and they just weren't able to do it. The Cowboys had a little success with that last year when Dak was in. They won't be able to do that against this team when you have Shaq, when you have JPP, when you know the situation, what it's going to be. There's no way, in my opinion, that the Cowboys can try to do that again. So they better hope that they're in it quickly and really taking an advantage of, I'm not even going to say with Amari Cooper because I feel pretty confident in Carlton Davis and what he can do if, if the game plan is to line him up against Amari Cooper. But you really got to rely on, on C.D. Lamb. And I'm a big fan of Michael Gallup, too. I had him in fantasy football, mm. and he put up more points yeah. than you would expect for, uh, you know, technically a third-string wide receiver. Right, But uh, right. it's a great he, matchup you know, for sure. It is, and we'll look at the specific matchups in a second here. I just want to add one more thing about Dallas. Like, you have to go in knowing if you're Dallas that you do not have a prayer in this game unless you are efficient and or create splash plays on offense, probably. And, you know, probably both, you probably need both of those things. You need to mount some drives and hit some splash plays and probably need to get a turnover or two on defense as well. Um, So that's your hope. And that's what you need to go in with that mentality. Now Dallas is no slouch team. And on the side of the ball, we're talking about, especially this is going to be a very, very fun matchup. Like this should be close. This should be tight. This should be competitive. Dak is going to make some throws in this game. These guys are, he has three of the best receivers in the league. These are probably the two top, receiving course i believe cd lamb will be a star i mm-hmm. loved him coming out of the draft he was great last year the one thing he didn't do well was make contested catches and it's been probably is the best thing that he's done in camp i think last year 29 percent contested catch rate so he wasn't a great contested guy but he was in college and i think he, in camp he's been as well so there's just a lot of positive signs that dak and lamb are kind of going to keep trending in the right direction lamb plays in the slot in this offense heavily you've got that matchup with Sean Murphy bunting. And I think it's a really tough one. Um, It is in between the kind of matchup Sean Murphy bunting struggles with and excels at, right? Like we saw like smaller, quicker guys really give Sean Murphy bunting fits. Well, Mm. lamb is quick, but he's not really a small receiver per se, but he's not really like Michael Thomas in the slot either. So where Sean Murphy Bunting's had more success against those bigger guys. So I am just, Lamb is an unusual body type for the slot. You types in the slot, the, the power forward guys that you like the Michael Thomases when Julio gets in the slot, guys like that, or you've got the smaller, quicker. And Lamb is kind of an in-between body type, and we still have kind of yet to see his game fully evolve. We know he's a really good route runner. There, There is just so much intrigue in that matchup. Sean Murphy Bundy is this guy who a couple of us at Pewter Report have not myself or you, but uh, JC and Jack have both kind of pegged him as a guy that will break out this season, they believe. And so um, that I'm just very, that matchup fascinates me on paper. If Murphy Bunting can win that matchup, I think, and I do expect to see some more man coverage from the Bucs in this game, then I, I, I think that goes a long way toward the Bucs winning this football game. Yeah. And you got to look at the season that CD lamb had last season again with, 
everything that went on with the quarterback situation for the Cowboys. He had 74 receptions for 935 receiving yards and five touchdowns. So almost got to that thousand yard threshold with everything that went on. Keeps Mike Evans record intact, which is nice. Um, but yeah, the, the Bucks bread and butter as far as the secondary is they're at their best when they're playing up at the line of scrimmage, playing press man, playing more man than that zone situation. But I'm just curious because we've seen in the past the Bucks will like start out in zone and and kind of let teams. I, I know you said the Cowboys aren't dink and dunk, but they'll let teams hit the underneath yeah. stuff and get I mean, down last the field. Year, last year, Cowboy or Bucks were the fourth worst completion percentage they allowed to opposing yeah. teams. So like worst for them, meaning good for the other team. Sixty nine percent completion rate they allowed last year. That was fourth worst in the league. Here's the teams that were around them, Matt. Texans, Jags, Jets, those teams were worse than them. <laughs> All have Lions, new quarterbacks. Well, yeah, except for the li- uh, other than the Texans, it, obviously. Right. And this was from last year. Lions, Eagles, Pan- Panthers, Falcons, Giants, and Patriots. You're so None disgusted. It, it's literally you're coughing it out. It's so disgusting yeah. to you. <laughs> but none of those teams you made the playoffs. You're talking about the t- bottom 10 teams in the league in completion yeah. percentage allowed. And the Bucs were the only team to make the playoffs and obviously won the Super Bowl. I just feel like they're like a severe outlier in that regard. They were very much bend and don't break for a lot of last season. And I I just think it's a dangerous way to play when you're going up against offenses like Dallas's. You know, we saw that when they face Kansas City and other teams like that. Mm-hmm. You can get lit up real quick, I think, if you play that way. And I believe, too, the perfect situation for the Bucks starting out is you don't want Dak to get in a rhythm at all. Because, again, he's going to be rusty. If you get in there and you start out with a three and out for Dallas or – you know, they're two drives. Maybe they only get a first down each time. Don't let him get into a rhythm at all. And that's just going to set him back so much further with trying to get reacclimated into the NFL here. So I think it would be best case scenario for the Bucs to play that man coverage. And mm-hmm. if you get beat, you'd rather get beat doing what you do best. And sometimes you just have to tip your cap or your cowboy hat in this situation mm-hmm. to, to the other team. I mean, the Bucks got a lot of talent around them on defense. Uh, curious to see how well this defensive yeah. line will do, and it's going to be a lot on them as well to be successful in this game with the matchup that the Bucks have in the secondary. I think right now we're kind of teetering towards giving the advantage to the Cowboys wide receivers versus the Bucks corners. So a lot of us I really think could, so. Yeah, but it's about fair. keeping it competitive, right? Like they're not going to win every matchup in this game, but they can't lose everyone either. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing you're going to give up some plays in, in, against Dak Prescott in this offense. Uh, it's just, to me, it's about winning enough of them so that you can get off the field a few times where your offense is going to win more than, than you won. You know, that's that's secondary play in the NFL, right? Can you create splash plays? And can you, you yeah. know, can you make plays on the ball? That's really like, that's the whole thing. You know, you're going to, everybody's going to give up plays uh, as a secondary player in the NFL today, especially at corner. Yeah, I think it's about winning those situations enough that you can remain competitive. I think it's all about winning the red zone too. I like mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer of not that I think they should do this every time, but I'm all about bend but don't break. Because if you hold teams to field goals in this league, you're going to win, I would say, nine out of ten times. Yeah, there's those weird flukes where you lose like 15 to 14 and a team hits five field goals, but that's a very rare occasion. You really don't right. see that too much. Red zone play is gonna be huge. For this game, I'm I'm super excited to see. Well, I know we're not talking about the Bucks offense, but I just I can't wait to see the Bucks offense in the red zone. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the key for the Bucks defense. You know, if, if it gets down to that situation, K 
can they make the big stops when it gets down to that area? I think they can, or they can at least make enough stops to hold the Cowboys two field goals, get Greg the leg out there. He's on my fantasy team, so I got to give him a, a shout out. Hopefully he's on the field a lot because that means the Bucs are going to be winning. Yeah. But uh, Dallas, any stats from last year for Dallas are kind of meaningless. So Exactly. But take it for what it is, they were 50% in the red zone last year, which was 29th in the NFL by the end of the year. Obviously the Bucs were one of the better teams in the league in the red zone. So they've got some question marks there that definitely need to be answered in that area of the field, but quarterback change will help with that. Obviously uh, Mitch Chamora wants to know, is Zach Martin playing? No, we'll get more to that in a second. Uh, Mitch, but Zach Martin was on that COVID list. Uh, he was put on there Sunday or Sunday, I believe. Yeah. And so Recently. he won't be, yeah, he won't be playing uh, Mike McCarthy said. And so that will leave a hole right guard. Connor McGovern will replace him. We'll get to those matchups in a second. Uh, Tony says McCarthy isn't the play caller though. No, Kellen Moore is technically the play caller, but obviously Mike McCarthy coming in, a lot of this is influenced by Mike McCarthy. Right, right, very influenced. And uh, Kellen Moore might be more pass-heavy guy than Mike McCarthy. Um, So, yeah, they're of one mind in at least that regard. Um, And and this will be – they will not be screwing around with the run. I would be shocked if they did that. Um, So, yeah, I just want to make sure I get to some of your – any of your questions if we get them too. I know we've got a lot going through here and we're trying to stay – on point with these matchups too. I want to touch real quickly on what matchup I think could lose the game for the Bucs. I don't think the Bucs are going to lose, by the way. I'll I'll sneak peek that. Um, But our job is to look at things from all angles. I think Amari Cooper is just like the worst kind of matchup for Carlton Davis. And I would guess that they'll have Carlton Davis shadow Amari Cooper to a degree. Maybe I'll be wrong on that. We'll see. Um, I just think it's a terrible, like, that's like the one kind of player that Carlton Davis really, there's not even many guys that move like that Mari Cooper. Like he's Mm. probably, he's not the best finisher in the NFL. He's not the best athlete in the NFL. He's good in those regards. Not the best guy after the catch, but pure route running and separation ability. He he might be the best in the NFL. (laughs) So that's a matchup. But yeah, as much as I like Carlton and anybody who's listening to this podcast for any length of time knows I might be the biggest Carlton fan out there. I recognize that not every cornerback is good in every type of matchup. And so I'm a little bit worried about that one for Carlton. I think you got to consider though. I don't know. We could talk about X and O's and everything all we want, but I, I do think there is that factor as well too. You got a full crowd. You got the adrenaline going for a situation where the bucks are returning as defending champs. I'm not as worried about Carlton as, as maybe some other people are. I, I think, with all the comments that he's made this offseason about wanting to be one of the best, getting into that top 10 category, Carlton Davis is a guy that really bets on himself. And yeah, mm-hmm. granted, he might not be the best against an Amari Cooper type of guy, but we've seen Carlton Davis do fairly well against some of the top receivers in this game. And I, I think Carlton is is a player that really welcomes these challenges and and tries to put his best foot forward when he he knows that the spotlight is going to be on a guy like Amari Cooper. So I'm excited to see what he can do for this game. I'm not saying Amari Cooper is going to get locked down like Darrell Rivas style when he would go up against a a number one receiver. But I am confident that Carlton, because the key is you have to limit Amari Cooper. You know, if he gets five catches for 50 yards or even if if you can keep him below 100 yards, I think that's a a victory for the Bucs defense considering what, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup will do, but I, I think mm-hmm. if you can just limit him in that aspect, and that's really 
what you're asking Carlton to do in this situation, I, I would consider that a win. Yeah, it really does depend what how you play this, right? And you mentioned man coverage, and I have had my wheels turning. You know, I came for man, man more man coverage from the Bucks all year last year, and maybe that is part of the answer. But at the same time, Matt, I, I wonder if this isn't a game where you do play a little bit softer in the secondary. Um, I I just Mari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are probably two of the better route runners in the league, and tying mm. those guys up in man coverage with the, the rules the way they are in today's NFL, limiting how much contact uh, defensive backs can have. I just wonder if that's putting guys like Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting in really difficult situations. I do think we'll see some main coverage from the Bucks, given how they finished the end of last year and how successful it was for them. I just wonder if at the end of the day, some little more of their bread and butter is going to come in handy in a game like this, keeping the ball in front of them making the Cowboys finish in the red zone, making Dak prove what he can do as a runner. And here's the other part of this, and we'll transition maybe uh, all due respect to Michael Gallup versus Jamel Dean, if that's what we see. <laughs> uh, but we'll transition a little bit to the the front seven here because in my mind, those secondary battles, you win some, you lose some. That needs to be kind of the expectation there. You're not going to win everyone. But up front, especially in the interior, uh, Tyler Biotish is the center for Dallas. He'll yep. be starting for the – not for the first I wasn't time sure how you pronounced that. So, uh, th- yeah, Tyler Biotish. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he'll be the guy in the middle. And then you'll have Connor Williams at left guard, who has been mm-hmm. there for a while, struggled for a while. Uh, and Connor McGovern on the right side, who is stepping in for Zach Martin. McGovern has never really been, I mean, he's an okay backup. I think he's a fine backup. Um, but man, Connor Williams versus Veda Vea was already like a really tough one on paper. And then Biotis, you know, trying to cut his NFL teeth here in his second season. Last year didn't start every game, kind of was in competition with some guys and got some starts and, you know, was solid, I think. But Vea's another type of human. Uh, Connor Williams really struggles with power. That's been his biggest flaw probably in the NFL. He's a little bit of a smaller, lighter guard. He was a tackle in college. That interior play is athletic for an interior guy, but, you know, power guys can really bully him around and, We've seen Vita take guys like Elton Jenkins, who's one of the best and st- most stout offensive linemen in the league, back into the backfield a little bit. So I just think Vea has to be an animal in this game. Like if he's an animal, I don't know that Dallas will be able to run the ball as successfully as they want to. And it's going to open up a lot of other things, right? Can you complete deep passes with edge pressure? Sure, I think you can. With guys in your lap up the middle, that's a lot harder. You're stepping up into those throws, you're seeing it in front of you, you know you're getting rocked in the ribs. Um, there's a lot that they can do there to take advantage of those things with blitzes, a gap pressures, it's Todd Bowles, bread and butter, Devontae David and Devin white. Yep. I think he'll come after Dak a little bit. He'll test them on the ankle, he'll test his shoulder. He'll test it already is, you know, for, for NFL live bullets though. I think they'll, they'll take that approach. And if Dallas has answers early, that could force them to plan B and we could be in for a shootout. If not, like you said, things could get out of hand if, if Dallas can't handle it early, and especially if those interior trio that hasn't played much and hasn't played much together and hasn't played all that well, any of those individuals in the NFL, they've got their hands full in this one, I think. I almost feel as if whoever gets the ball first will change the narrative of the game right there, depending on what we see. If the Bucks can score first or Dak gets his his first look without having to worry about the the already being down seven nothing. Right. I I feel that as far as defense goes on the defensive side of the balls, especially for the Bucks, there is no 
more dominant way to defeat a team than just by winning with that guy right up the middle like Vita Vea does. Mm. I don't want to keep referring back to last season, but his return and the way that changed everything, Vita Vea can just be a force that we've seen him be up the middle. I think it's going to create nightmares for this Cowboys defense. We know Dak can scramble. He he can roll around. But now he's going to have to move around with mm. going to the outside with Shaq right there. I can also envision, like you just said, Devin White going right up the A-gap, Dak rolling out to his right, and Devin yeah. White just chases him down and, and, and takes him down. I agree with you. It, I think it's important to really test him early on with, with the injuries. I, again, to go, to go back to the Super Bowl, uh, Pat Mahomes went into that game with a little bit of like a, a foot injury or some, a lingering issue there. And I said then that the Bucs should go right after him. And Mahomes was running for his life that entire game. We don't have to go back into that with ha- how yeah. the Bucs defense dominated there. But why not take that same blueprint where you're going against a quarterback that has been a little hurt, who also has an extremely talented receivers group, just like uh, just like the Chiefs did. I think it's super important. Vita Vea, for me, it could be like the number one key guy to this Bucks defense, where if he wins his reps, if he beats double teams, opens things up for everyone else, the Bucks can uh, – can clean this up by halftime, maybe, and yeah, you know, see Blank Abbott in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there you go. Scott would be happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I really think it's going to be a very competitive game. You know, I, I think late in the game, it, it could be like the Raiders game last year. That's what I would, you know, where like it, it's competitive, it's tight, it's the Raiders hit some big plays, it's it's high scoring. Defenses have started slow last couple of years in the league across the board, really. Even the Rams' great defense last year started slower their first four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not be surprised if you see some of that with the Bucks too. Um, I really think the Cowboys offense is going to have some answers. They're going to be very hungry, and there's a lot of guys that are coming out. I mean, Tyron Smith, Dak Prescott, Lael Collins, those guys all missed all or most of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of guys. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is trying to prove something. You know, no question. He had a bad year last year, six fumbles, dropped passes. Like, he just – there's a lot of guys that are trying to prove something coming out of the gate. Amari Cooper, you heard him the other day. And so, uh, yeah, I think the B- B- Cowboys offense is going to be a complete handful. But – Yes, Vita Vea is one. At the end of the day, when you look back and say, you know what, if da- if da- if Buck- Tampa Bay did not have this one guy, they might have lost his game. And defensively, I think Vita Vea has got to be one of the guys you look back and say that about in this game. The Barrett is going against Leal Collins for most of this game, assuming Shaq plays mostly on the left side. Mm-hmm. Jason Pierre-Paul will be going mostly against Tyron Smith, who he's battled with for years. They've both gotten each other a few times. I think Smith's probably won the most of those battles, as you'd expect. Smith is not the Smith of old. He's missed a lot of time last two years. The back has not been the same. Uh, We'll see if he can get back to form this year. He said he feels good, so we'll see what ends up happening with him. There was some discussion. Will Dallas move on from him? What will happen there? Uh, If he's Tyron Smith of old and Lyle Collins is the guy from two seasons ago, now we're talking about one of the top top tackle tandems Mm -hmm. in the league. If it's not the tyrant of old and he struggles to get back into things and Leal Collins is, you know, I mean, he's been, he's barely practiced and had, didn't play all last year. He missed the whole season, missed camp, missed, he's missed everything. You know, he barely played football. And so Shaq Barrett's got that matchup against the guy who was moving into the top tier of right tackles in the league. And that, that has been completely kind of onset by injuries. And so great matchups for those guys in terms of fun matchups to watch for those guys. I don't know who has the advantage because I just don't know what version of Collins and Smith we'll see. I would say that if Collins and Smith are vintage Collins and Smith, 
I do think it's going to be advantage Cowboys there slightly. I don't know that we're getting those two guys though at this point. I mean, Tyron Smith back is mm-hmm. not just doesn't really seem like it always gets better when it's a back thing. Exactly. You know? so, and, and that goes back into how we can't get a total, you know, our total point on this game because there's so yeah. many question marks that we don't know about last year's Cowboys team when they come into this season. I will say I'm really excited to watch JPP. We spoke to him the other day. And he was saying that it's the healthiest he's felt in years. I know players say that all the time, mm-hmm. but when JPP says it, you know he really means it more than anyone else because he's just a really cocky guy, very confident in himself. And that's the thing, because he said last season he was not confident in himself because of his knee injury. He wasn't able to do certain pass rushing moves that he has done before. And he wasn't feeling like his total JPP mm-hmm. self. And let me remind you, he still led the Bucks in sacks. So he yep. said he's working on new pass rushing moves for this season. He's healthy. He knows he's got Joe Tryon Shrinka back there as well, too, where if he needs to take some plays off this year, and I, I know they hate getting off the field, but you might see that now for this season as the Bucs know that it's it's all about the long haul. It's all about getting to December and January and February. I think uh, almost a rejuvenated JPP could be one of the best things that happens to the Bucks defense for this season to – Get him. I think he's going to get 11 sacks this season mm-hmm. because he's at 89 career right now. I don't know if JPP knows that or not, but I'm sure at some point someone will let him know. I think he gets to 100 career sacks this season by leading the Bucks with 11, which yeah. you and I both picked him to yeah, uh, right. lead the Bucks in sacks this year. Yep, that's true. And I think you're right about that. That's the key to this game, in my opinion, defensively for the Bucks, is pressuring Dak um, and winning those matchups up front. Not just the one-on-ones, but scheme battles too. Like you've got new guys. You've got a young center with Dallas. You've got mm-hmm. Dak coming back into action. Those guys are handling protections in a large part. Uh, in large part, you don't have great blocking tight ends necessarily in Dallas. Dalton Schultz is solid, but you know, so you've got matchups that you can win across those boards. I think um, you've got new guys, a new guy right guard, and you, you know, got uh, Collins coming back, and you know, so you just got a lot of moving pieces that haven't played together a lot in Dallas. Some guys with with health questions. Uh, Zach Martin is probably one of the best, if not the best, offensive yep. lineman in the league, and he's out. So, just a lot of questions for Dallas up front. I think even with the, some of the raw talent they have, and if you're Bulls, I'm like going at that. I'm attacking that. I'm throwing blitzes at that. I'm coming up with pressures. I'm playing three guys across the board. Like I said, I think Dallas is going to throw the ball. If they get in a position where they're down, you know they're throwing the ball. I'm playing Jason Pierre-Paul over a guard. I'm th- I'm I'm daring them to gash me again with the run, just like they did against the Chiefs. JPP, I think, had four snaps inside in that game on obvious passing downs, made a huge impact on those plays. He is going to whoop up on these guards if he gets the chance to. So, yeah, I think that things are stacked against the Cowboys on paper, like pretty heavily. It is hard for me, and everybody knows I'm very balanced. I, I, I yeah. say, oh, here's the path, and there's a great path for this you know team against the Bucks. I don't see a great path for Dallas if Tampa Bay doesn't beat themselves. You know, I think, uh, especially on offense for the Bucks. Like if the Bucks mm. make a lot of mistakes, sure, yeah, Dallas will capitalize on short fields. It'll be, you know, absolutely that can happen. I, while I think the game maybe stays competitive, I do think at the end of the game, you know, what was my prediction? Thirty-four. 20 Tampa Bay, I think. Um, I, I don't know that Dallas has the firepower to keep up long-term in this game. I think I said it as well. I don't know. I've written it. I've said it to people. At some point, you talk to so many people, you don't even remember where, where you said it. I think there are maybe two or three teams that have a chance, a chance to beat the Bucks when they play mistake-free football. 
I think it's the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Packers. You can make an argument for. True. Can beat the Bucs if they're at their best, and even if the Bucs are playing really well. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys are not one of those teams. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you. The only way the Cowboys can win this game, obviously win that wide receiver cornerback matchup we just spoke about. And if if the Bucs make mental errors, if they if they get into penalty trouble, which we've seen at times, if they I, I, I go back, I think a perfect example, really, and I get it, it's the preseason. But that first drive for the Bucks offense in the preseason game, where they had the false start penalty, then uh it was an incomplete. It was either an incomplete pass or the Rojo run where he lost two yards, but those are the next two plays. And then there was another mistake, and they went off the field right away. But then what did they do right after that? They had 91 and 93-yard touchdown drives where everything was automatic and everything was just dominant. That just shows right then and there, those three series, how Mm -hmm. great this team could be and how this team themselves are the only group of guys that can cost themselves from winning another Super Bowl. It was like that all year last year, too. I it mean, was. As much as people were like, oh, the Rams, all oh, the Chiefs when they played those games. You know, I mean, yes, there were things, especially with the Chiefs game, but the Rams game was like, how many, you know, like, what are you going to do? Like, you keep doing this. It was just, yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. just schematically the execution, those aspects of beating yourselves, you know, are loom very large for, for this team. And if they don't do that, yeah, you're right. It's going to be hard. It's, they just have a lot of, they have a lot of weapons, obviously, but they also have more answers schematically and playbook wise than they had a year ago to what teams will throw at them. And they have two, you know, some of the best guys in the league in terms of picking up and executing on those, those wrinkles. So that's why I feel really good about it long-term for sure. You know what else I feel really good about? I feel really good about underdog fantasy, Matt. It's the oh, best yeah. and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. On Underdog Fantasy, you just draft. There's no need to worry about waivers or injuries or lineups or anything like that. They handle it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. There's no in-season management, no trades, no roster lineups, adjustments, anything like that. You just draft the team, and it pulls your best scores from the team every week. Get two wide receivers, two running backs, a flex, a tight end, a quarterback. That's it. No defense, no kicker. They just pull your best scores from an 18-man roster. It's the best, and they're going to give you $25 when you sign up. Use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. I'll see if I can pull it up here for you guys so you can see that in case uh, there's people that are are visual learners. Um, (laughs) P-E-W-T-E-R, and you get $25 in credit to be able to play. The best ball leagues are – start. this is it. You've got your window right here, right, before the season starts. That's it. Or tomorrow at some point if you want to be in the best ball leagues. But there's tons of tournaments over on Underdog Fantasy that you can get involved with. Just jump over to the site, get $25 in credit to play. You get five five $5 entries into a league to win potentially a million dollars in one of these tournaments. I mean, that's the kind of opportunities they have over there at underdogfantasy.com. So check that out. And also the prop bets. We're going to be talking about those a little bit. Uh, Love the prop the bets. Love all mm-hmm. the things they got going on there at Underdog yeah. Fantasy. A lot of head-to-head matchups such as Mike Evans. Will he have more receiving yards than Amari Cooper? You can go down the list. Uh Antonio Brown against CD Lamb. There's a lot of different matchups that you can put money on for that as well. And it's all completely legal, which is awesome too. And if you're confident in this Bucks team, which why wouldn't you be? Make a little money off of them. Why not? Right. Right. That's absolutely the way to go with underdog fantasy. So check them out. Underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code Pewter P-E-W-T-E-R. Get yourself $25 to play. Put some of your own money in there. Win some money this season, baby. Week yep. one's. Right around the corner. Uh, okay, Mitch wants to know if we'll reward the listener who nails the final score on Friday. 
but everybody puts their predictions in and I don't I can't see everybody scoring. Yeah, like there's that. a they're all over the place. The, yeah, the comment section, we appreciate everyone commentating, but you know, yeah. the comment section keeps going and going Here's and going. What, so if somebody to... nails the final score for week one, we'll send them a Peter Report t-shirt. But you have to screenshot the 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 your comment in the pod and then either yeah. tweet it at, at one of us or DM one of us or whatever on Twitter or email John J O N at pewterreport.com. And uh when if somebody gets the final score right, we'll send them a, a Peter Report t shirt. Um, if they know hopefully no one's like really really good at photoshop and like right puts it all in yeah or maybe you deserve a shirt if you're that good i mean i'd probably go back and check it just in case yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no we'll send you a shirt if you nail it how about that um all right so people are somebody said uh oh tell us why the bucks will win well i think yesterday on the yesterday show if you listen it was bucks offense versus cowboys defense breakdown and that one would have been a little. They got the one that was probably very buck slanted. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it, Matt, but I'll just offer my thoughts. I will be just furious with the Bucks offense if they don't dominate every. There's not a matchup on paper they don't win in this game. And I'm everybody knows if you listen last year, I'm not one to like flippantly dismiss the other team, but there just isn't. I mean, Jordan Lewis, nobody wanted him in free agency, and Chris Godwin's going to be your matchup in the slot, and. Dan Quinn has gotten carved by Brady over the years. And I, I just, I don't see the path. Like I don't like they, they, the defenses that Dallas typically plays are horrible matchups. The Cowboys are horrible at the worst team in the league on the inside uh, defensive line, interior defensive line. They were bad before they lost Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore to mm-hmm. injury. And now those guys are ones on the pup ones on IR and those guys aren't playing. So it's like, Literally, their top three defensive tackles are Oso Digazua, who was like a defensive end in college. He didn't even play D-tackle full-time, Matt. Carlos Watkins, who's been a mostly a career backup in Houston. He did start some of last year, very forgettably. No, has never played over 550 snaps in a season. Neither has Brent Urban, who's been around forever. Those are your top three defensive tackles. How are you stopping Tampa? anything Tampa Bay does? This is a team I, that loves to run between the tackles. They're going to run away from DeMarcus Lawrence. I was, exactly. I was going to say the one guy, and Bruce Arians mentioned it too, the one guy you got to worry about is DeMarcus Lawrence. But again, yes, the Bucs are really good running in between the tackles, especially when Rojo's in the game. Just, just going to mention that. And you've got these inexperienced linebackers. Van Der Esch barely didn't play at all or barely played last year. And Micah Parsons is a rookie. And as yeah. good as those guys might be, they're playing behind defensive tackles that should be in their lap all game Yeah, long. the Bucs are going to get to that. Ryan, Jen- Ryan Jensen's going to get to the second level almost, you know, almost instantly. I almost, as much as we're talking about the running game, I would love to see the Bucs just go back to that two-minute offense that they did in the, in the last preseason game. I think that would be a lot of fun oh. just just not, maybe not break Challenge it out right away communication yeah exactly maybe not break it out especially with a rookie linebacker yes you know in, in that situation guys why not barely play together why not case. keep these tired guys on the field like you just mentioned a defensive lineman that they're not really counting on you don't have to do it right away but even at the end yeah. of the first quarter early second quarter just uh, flip the switch go to the two-minute offense and you know and enjoy the just, uh the early quick success team teams that gave them hard time last year were teams with great safety play right i mean that was the true with the saints with the rams had great safety play mm-hmm. especially in that game they're unbelievable the packers even at times you know when brady threw the interception darnell savage it would have yeah, three in interceptions in that game yeah marcus williams uh you know made plays consistently in the saints game you know they had great malcolm jenkins those guys were those are the teams that have given the bucks like the cowboys have demonte kz coming off a season-ending injury and and donovan wilson i there's just not yeah it, 
the Bucs would have to beat themselves soundly to not do everything well pretty much offensively in this game. I, and again, it's not like there's an unproven, uh, who is this defensive coordinator? What's he going to do? Dan Quinn's been around <laughs> forever, and it hasn't been pretty for years. I I don't see a path. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, if it doesn't go my way, people clip this, whatever. I get it. If it doesn't go sure, my way, but I, I mean, we're not talking bucks off. What? Yeah, you can't be afraid to make a prediction or dude on give paper a take or something like that. Yeah, it's just very even what the Cowboys mm-hmm. might do well is very much negated by the what the Bucks have. Like because even if the Cowboys get Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory going as pass rushers, Brady's so much better versus edge rushers than interior even. And it's Lawrence against Wirfs. I mean, even if Wirfs gets beat a few times, Lawrence is a great player, way better than his sack numbers indicate. He is just a really good all-around player. But that's the only one Dallas has. They don't have anybody even close to Demarcus Lawrence's level in the rest of their defense. Maybe Parsons gets there someday. We've seen the learning curve for rookie linebackers. Maybe make splash plays, but consistency in the run game, right mm-hmm. out of the gate behind those defensive tackles. I just, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised by the way if the Bucks run the ball a lot more than people think in this game. Like, and if they can't run the ball in this game, I'm just, like, I mean, I'm serious, dude. Like, just throw the whole scheme out. Like, if you can't run on Oso Digazua and Brent Urban, and Carlos Watkins, and a couple of linebackers that have played like 10 games total, and Van Der Esch and Parsons, like just, it's, I'm, I'm out. Like, it's just, there's the no only point thing that it. can, the only thing that could stop the Bucks' offense, just, just make sure you hold on to the ball. Don't fumble it. I don't see Brady yeah. throwing in any interceptions. We know how good these receivers are where they're not going to tip a ball up into the air. At least I hope not. Um, I, unless there's a fumble or something like that, I don't see Dallas making any type of plays. And any of those fumbles, I think would be, it's not calling out Rojo. It'd be someone like already down the field and a guy comes up from behind and, and pops out. I just, I don't see any situations where the Bucks just don't come out. And like, maybe they'll start slow their first drive, but I, I, we've seen last year too, where they could start out slow. And then again, they just turn it on in the blink of an eye and dominate. But now, after a whole season under their belt with, with Brady and, and all the talent on offense, there's no reason to believe that they're going to start yeah, out the season. This will be a Chargers start to a game like it was yes. last year. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I, like 30, no they averaged 30.8 points per game last season. I think they hit 30 right away in the first game of the season. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing that should happen in this game. No question about it. On that side of the ball, there should be no doubt. I mean, they're – there really shouldn't be like, there's just not, there's not any question marks to me, like schematically player matchups, nothing. Um, they need to dominate that side of the ball, you know, and then we'll see what happens on the other side. Um, but it's going to be tighter on that side. All right, let's do this. Let's go game by game and pick the Bucks seat. We haven't done this yet on the podcast. I believe yesterday, Scott and JC did this on the podcast where they went game by game and kind of picked um, how they felt like the Bucks season was going to go. You've already seen Matt and I's final record predictions. What do we, what do we both say, Matt? 14 and three. 14 and three. Okay. So we've got three losses in there. We got to basically tell people which ones are losses. We'll go game yeah. by game. We'll do it rapid fire style. But tell me this first, Matt. We've got a special announcement from our friends over at Pin Chasers, don't we? That is correct. Uh, before I get into that announcement, just want to say Pin Chasers is back. Pin Chasers Let's Bowling go. Alley is uh, back as a proud sponsor of PeterReport.com and the Peter Report podcast. They are a family owned business that's been around for 60 years. And on top of that, they are huge Bucks fans. So let's go. 
It's a family-friendly place. It's an awesome spot to bring out your whole group, your whole family for a fun afternoon and evening. They have events going on like pretty much every single day, going on each week. That includes the Pizza Bowl on Tuesday nights. That's all-you-can-eat pizza after 9 p.m. for $11.99. All-you-could-eat pizza. Thursday wow. nights, they have unlimited bowling after 9 p.m. Again, $11.99. And that includes $1 Miller Lights. So if you're into that, you can load up on that. Uh, if you're hungry while you're there, too, they got the 10-pin grill. Has some awesome food, burgers, sandwiches, fries, quesadillas. And if you want a healthier option as well, too, they got salads there for you. And another awesome part, they have breakfast foods all day long, not just in the morning. Sometimes really? you, sometimes you want to have pancakes late at night. Sometimes Absolutely. you want to have it in the afternoon. You can, have, you can have breakfast food at any time, which is wow. great. I mean, you can't get that in a lot of food establishments in that. general. Now you can do some bowling and get some breakfast. I think that's awesome. Uh, they have three different locations in East Pasco on Hillsborough Avenue and uh, right down the road from the Bucks facility on North Romania. So uh, if you want to reserve a lane or a book a party, make sure you head over to pinchasers.net. Again, that's pinchasers.net. And the big announcement that I want to get into is that the Pewter Report Bowling League is back again this season. Let's get it. Always a fun time for you guys that have been in the Pewter Report Bowling League in the past. It's going to start on October 11th, so next month, almost a month from right now. I believe that's a Monday. Yeah, we're doing it Mondays, October 11th. Uh, Make sure you sign up. There's going to be more details about that, where to sign up, what time, but it's going to be around 6.30, 7 o'clock. We would love for all you guys to come out and join the group. It's going to be a very fun time. We might do some uh, giveaways for the first 15 to 20 people to sign up. So keep a lookout for that. We'll be promoting that on our social media, our Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. So again, pinchasers.net. We appreciate them being a sponsor of the Peter Report podcast and Peter Report. October 11th, people, Bowling League. Join it, please. Oh, I'm pumped for that. So the Bucks should be about 5-0 and oh by then is what you're saying, right? 5-0? and oh? Yeah, that right around that. No, uh, that should be that should be going into the Thursday night game. No. That's we yes, going it's going that, that's going yeah. yeah, it's going into yeah, uh, you're right. It's going into the Thursday night game. So they'll be five and oh right. that. Okay, let's see if they will really be five and oh in our predictions here. Let's go week one, Cowboys. Think it's pretty clear. We're both taking Dallas. I go, I'm not doing scores for all these, but this week I'll give you the score 34 20. I think the Bucks win. Yeah, I had 30 to 17. I'm just I'm a believer of the Bucks are gonna jump out to that lead and then just run away with it from there. Mm, okay gotcha falcons week two valiant effort from matt ryan and the young offense yeah it's pretty young offense um but i can't see it i there's a lot of matchups in this one that don't go the falcons again same old story bucks offense dominates the falcons defense and then devin white gets another sack or two against the the falcons he seems to always play very well against the falcons yeah true Uh, so two and zero for both of us there. Rams game week three. This will be, I mean, three. To my opinion, three of their toughest six games are going to be in the first four games of the year. So, Rams game here. This one is really, really tough. I really want to see. We have nothing. We have nothing to go off of with the Rams. They didn't play like starters. Didn't play Matt Stafford all in the preseason. I mean, they are a really hard team to like figure out. I've been a big Stafford fan. I think. 
the Bucks win it though. I think they get some revenge for last year regular season game. I think they win this game. I think they learned what they needed to do to beat the plus it's Raheem Morris. Now it's not that defense yeah. that gave him all the issues he did last year. And maybe Morris does a lot of the same things. I really don't know, but he's never been that type of D coordinator before. It was just an interesting hire. And I don't know what he's going to do. If he's going to do what he always has done, or is he going to do something different? I don't know. So I'm going bucks, but I, that one could change down the road. We'll see how the Rams look the first two weeks. So we got to pick three losses on the schedule. I'm <laughs> we have to find them somewhere. Yeah. I'm going with the Rams in this one. I think the Bucks. This might be a little bit of an overlooked game with New England right around the corner on that Sunday night game. It's their first road game of the season. They're heading all the way out west. I agree with you. It's a big question mark. We don't know what to go off of with Stafford as the starting quarterback. And it is early in the season, so he still could be getting acclimated with that offense. But I will say, Tom Brady coming to the Bucks last season, week three, while it wasn't like a stellar performance, that was the first week. Granted, they were playing the Broncos, who were very injured. Mm-hmm. That was the first week I think we really started seeing things start to click for that Bucks offense. So that could be the same situation for the Rams in this type of scenario. And their defense... I, I hear you with everything you're saying, new defensive coordinator. Their defense gave the Bucks issues last season. We'll see if they can do that again. You got to give them a loss somewhere, so I'm picking the Rams in this one. See, I'm taking the loss to the next week against the Patriots. Not that I think the Patriots ah. are the superior team or anything like that. I think Belichick's probably got been working on something forever. I think that there's a lot. I, I don't necessarily think the Bucks go in and are the worst team, obviously. like They're going to be the better team. I just think it's one of those games you go on the road and there's this environment and whether you like it or not, all these other things are happening. And um, I don't think that it's necessarily like everybody's most crisp game. And I think they lose because of it. I think the Patriots don't make mistakes and the Bucks do. I know it's a rookie at quarterback, so maybe I'll change my mind if Mac Jones is like totally floundering the first couple of weeks. <laughs> but I think it's one of those games. It's just kind of, we look back, it's like the bears game. It's like this fluky game where, or whatever you want to call it, uh, the night game. I don't know, whatever. It just it affects them. They don't play their best game, and they lose one. So I just – with, with everything on the line and Brady returning back to New England, I just don't see any way where he allows the Bucks to lose this game. And with the chance for him to get uh, some of the passing records too, there's just so much on the line. The adrenaline's going to be pumping. I'm taking yeah. the Bucks beating a rookie quarterback in his, what, fourth career game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dolphins, Eagles, Bears, next three weeks. I think they're all wins. I don't see. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, all due respect to those teams, but they don't have the cholesterol to be out here with the Bucs, as someone famously said on Twitter. Um, And then week eight, the Saints at New Orleans. I think this one might be an L. This one might be one of the three L's. Um, So you have the Bucs losing all the revenge games. Brady against the Patriots. Well, not Jameis against the Bucks. <laughs> is it a revenge game for Jameis? I guess. Yeah, for Jameis. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's a revenge game. Yeah, I guess uh, revenge games for anyone. Yeah, I was thinking you were saying revenge games for the Bucks. I think the Saints will might be gelling at that point, and they'll have some. I if the Bucks were playing them earlier, they have a bunch of people out. But Onyemata will be back. We'll see where things are at with Michael Thomas. I don't think he's back at that point yet. But I think there might be gelling a little bit. Um, I think yeah, I think that could be a game where. Bucks fans get all pissed and then they end up being fine. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the season ends up being fine. Um, so that's where I see going. What do you think about week eight? 
I was very tempted because I, I do think the Saints are going to be better than what some people think. I, I well, obviously we all know the long history about Jameis here with the Bucks, and I do think the Saints have a have a solid chance to potentially be a wild card team. Yeah. I again, I think this is where this the defense is like okay, like let's put our statement on this. We're not going to let a former quarterback beat us. I think it'll be a very close game. It'll make it uh, super fun to watch when they when they play each other again later in the season. But I'm going to go with the Bucs in a very hard-fought game in this one. I think it's actually going to be a low-scoring game. I think the result is going to have very little to do with Jameis. Uh, I think the result is going to have a lot more to do with the fact that I'm not convinced that the Bucs offense has figured out the Saints defense yet. I just... Even in the playoff, it's a good point. Yeah, you go back to that forced fumble. Yeah, when they forced I mean, the there fumble were a lot on of Cook. moments, right? There was changed a lot of a lot. moments in that game where, yeah, the defense changed. I mean, what four turnovers that you know, that was a lot of short fields, a lot of field position winning. Um, certainly some moments, but I'm not convinced. I want to see it, believe it. The Saints, I think Dennis Allen's one of the most underrated coordinators in the league. They have a lot of answers in the secondary. The trade for Bradley Roby will help, even if Lattimore is suspended. I don't know where that's at, but he'll be back by then, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And so Marcus Williams back, uh, Malcolm Jenkins. They have a lot of answers. Chauncey Garner-Johnson in the secondary. Defensively, I don't think they have the weapons off of it, but I think they're a team that can still – one of the few teams in the league that can probably give the Bucs some some trouble. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why I think that one will go. Hey, got to let you know before we move on here to the second half of the season about our friends over at MyBookie and what they're doing uh, this season. It's been, it's been some fun stuff with MyBookie as they – they are kind of doing this season opener promotion uh, to get ready for the regular season. And uh, we'll throw that graphic up there for you to take a look at it as we're talking. But if you like easy money, thanks to my bookie and their lock of the season. If either team scores in the NFL season opener, if either team scores in the NFL season opener, you win. The game hasn't ended 0-0 since World War II. This is a sure bet. <laughs> Head to mybookie.ag, select the lock of the season, and any team scores between the Cowboys and the Bucks, you win. The best bet is one you can't lose, and this is one you cannot lose, folks. MyBookie is also playing host to several exclusive contests, including their $100,000 Super Contest, and it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season, so don't wait to get in the game. Join now. Head to mybookie.ag today. Use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and instantly receive double your first deposit. That's right. Double your funds to double your winnings. Again, that's the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to receive double your first deposit and get started with MyBookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. So an unbelievable deal. That is the easiest money anyone will ever make. (laughs) That is like almost not fair type promotion, but I absolutely love it. My bookie pulling out all the stops as they always do. All right, let's keep rolling here. Washington the next week. I think it's a W for the bucks. I've seen some people plug this one as a potential L bucks coming off the buyer sharp. I don't know if I'm buying the Washington hype just yet. They've got some pieces. No doubt. they will be a competitive team. How good are we talking here? Uh, I think the Bucks are. So I'm taking I'm taking Washington in this one. I'm not going to go as far as calling calling this a Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game because Ryan Fitzpatrick has been around the world and back in the NFL. Yep. Um, but you know, Washington gave the Bucks a bit of a tough time in that in that uh, Super Wild Card game. I, I know 
that Vita Vea didn't play and, and Devin White didn't play. But I think Washington's offense will certainly be improved with, I know Fitz has his ups and downs, but overall, I think he set offense. I think Washington has an eye on the prize in terms of, hey, we, we went toe to toe with the Bucks last season. Let's, let's, you know, get, yeah. let's get them back this time around. And I, obviously, their defense is expected to do very well this season. Again, we got to find two more losses here. So um, I'm picking Washington in this one. Okay, so I've got two losses. You've got two now. Uh, so yes. we're looking for that third one. Giants, no chance, man. It's not nope. happening this year. Their best like, chance was last year, and that, yeah, that's that not going to happen shot. again. <laughs> I know they played the Giants close, I guess, a few times or, or, and lost to Daniel Jones the first time. I think the Bucks get it together this year, and I don't think it's as close as, it, as they've been in the past. Uh, Colts the next week. What's going to be left of the Colts at that point? I feel like they Who's going to be quarterback? Who's going to be available? Yeah. yeah, like – and is Carson Wentz going to be good? I just, I don't know. I mean, it's that's another too huge many question marks for the Colts. Yeah, I think Bucks win that one. Atlanta the next week. Nope. I'm just not buying it. I'm sorry. Nah. Atlanta doesn't match up well, I don't think. Tampa or uh, Buffalo at Tampa Bay. This is the other one I think will be an L this season. I think that they lose. So do game. I. Very tight, very high scoring, very much a you come away from the game thinking, wow, both these teams are really good and this might be our Super Bowl preview. Um I think it's a tight one. I think it could be anybody's game. The randomness of of sport or sports results is probably something we want to overlook more often than not, especially in the regular season, I think, with all the ebbs and flows and ups and downs and who's active, who's not, who's introduced not. But uh, that's why I think the third loss comes. I agree with you there. I think so like remember how last year the uh, the Bucks played the Chiefs in the regular season, and you know you had Tony Romo on the call there, and everyone was like, mm-hmm. everyone was tuned into that game. That's going to be the game this season. I'm not saying the Bills are going to jump out to a huge lead, and the Bucks are going to furiously come back just to mm-hmm. to fall short. But yeah, it's going to be a neck and neck game. All the star players doing their best for this one potential Super Bowl preview, and. Josh Allen, man, uh, yeah. I think it's going to be awesome to watch him this season, yeah. especially because he's on one of my fantasy teams. But uh, not that yeah. anyone cares about my fantasy team. But yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. If the Bucks don't win; they'll they'll get him back later. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Buck Saints next week. I think it's a whooping. I don't think this one's close. I think the Bucks are focused, razor sharp. I think they're just ready to absolutely go in and blow. I think they blow them out. Um, they wreck them. Go into the playoffs. Four game winning streak. Panthers twice. Get them out of here. Jets. Sorry, Brad. Sorry, it's Matt. It's all good. It's all good. Jets will. Uh, Jets will have the first place by locked up by maybe then. in twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's how I see it stacking up, though. I think those are the three losses. Yeah, again, and even some of the games we picked, it comes down to the Bucks could easily win that. It's just any given Sunday. There's certain times. They might not have their A game. I know the cliche is every team is going to be targeting them, going to give them their best. At the end of the day, as we spoke about before, if the Bucks handle their own business, if they're able to play mistake-free football, mm-hmm. they're they're going to beat every team on the schedule. Not saying they're going right. 17-0, but right. if they're at their if best. If they play that way, yeah. They're yeah. better than every team they play this year, Yes, except for Buffalo, and I have no idea what to expect from the Rams yet. I need to see something. Exactly. But- and yeah, it helps the Bucks the that it's early in the season. The Rams, and it helps that it's early in the season. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. The Rams schematically have done some things. When Goff isn't turning the ball over 100 times, the Rams schematically have done a lot of things to test. I mean, Todd Bowles has said that. Like, even when they won the big high-scoring game two years ago, he was like, we wasn't our best game. Like, we gave up tons of yards. We did have some sacks and some turnovers that changed the game, obviously. But take those out and get a quarterback who isn't, you know, falling over his own feet, and that's a tough one. So I'm I'm very – McVay, Bowles has not had the answer for McVay yet, and that gives me some pause there. Everything else on the schedule, yeah. Bucks are the better team than everybody else. Buffalo's going to be the one that, yeah, I don't know. That's a really, really good team. And so uh, we'll see how that one goes. But, yeah, 14-3, that's where I think we'll be at uh, when we when it heads into to the postseason, and then we'll see from there. That Will will that be the one seed for you, would you say? Yes, that's, that's my prediction there is number one. Right. Get that by. Pretty good. Much more valuable now with the extra wild card team, so. Uh, definitely, definitely big for this team because obviously, mistake free, yes, but mm-hmm. being as healthy as possible will, will bode well for sure. Hey, now the season is back. You can join us on Spotify Green Room. We talk lots of sports over there, lots of bucks over there. JC Allen active over there. Your boy active over there on Spotify Green Room. Make sure you check in over there. Follow Pewter Report. Uh, you can download it on the App Store. You can get it on Google Play. I know a lot of you have asked about that in the past. Uh, Spotify Green Room is just a great uh, social audio app that has a lot of fun conversations about sports. And you, the fan, get to jump in and give your opinion, your thoughts as well. You get to grab the mic uh, and do your analysis as well. And we'll listen and we'll respond. And so that's the best part about Spotify Green Room. If you aren't signed up there, make sure you're following Peter Report and get a chance to do that. As we move into the NFL regular season, the time is here, Matt. It is NFL season eve, week one eve. The Bucks are going to defend a Super Bowl championship. What if we told people that? Like a year and a half ago, dude. Here we are, 2022. Bucks trying to defend a Super Bowl champion with or championship with the best team in the NFL. And then we'll have a victory Bucks Friday. That's Hopefully true. they win. But yeah, usually it's victory Monday. We'll have a victory Friday. <laughs> and we didn't have a victory Friday last year because no, the they only lost. Thursday game was the thir- the bears yeah so there you go interesting very interesting could be a victory friday coming up uh right around the corner so it's going to be fun stuff hey tomorrow got to let y'all know if you don't have a place to be for this game and even if you do come join us out at whiskey wings it's going to be unbelievable we're going to have so much fun in temple terrace the pregame show, the Pewter Game Day pregame show, will start at 6 p.m. live from Whiskey Wing Sports Bar and Grill in Temple Terrace. Their food is unbelievable. This chicken sandwich that you see on the screen is actually bigger than what it looks like on the screen. <laughs> I had it the other it's day. True. I've never seen a chicken sandwich like this. It was unbelievable, Matt. And I really didn't know what to expect. I had not eaten there before. Could not have been more impressed. Their wings are unbelievable. They have $8.99 burgers and fries. $8.99 mm-hmm. burgers and fries, and they're delectable. You'll love them. And their wings, like I said, are great, and they also have $5 Tito's uh, on Thursday. So make sure you stop over to Whiskey Wings. Again, the pregame show, 6 p.m. We'll be live on location at Whiskey Wings. Come say hi. Come check out, listen, watch the pre pregame show uh, uh, over at Whiskey Wings. Uh, myself and Casey Hudson will be there. We'll be talking Bucks. We'll be talking Cowboys. We'll be breaking everything down. It's going to be a great pregame show leading up to the live in-game stream that will be going on all game long. 
Uh, at Whiskey Wings, we'll have free Pewter Report giveaways and things like that. We'll hopefully get a chance to say hi to y'all. The pregame show will be taken over around 7.20 so your boy can get home uh, by, by uh, <laughs> Scott and JC from their homes. They'll be streaming. Matt will be at the stadium. Casey's going over to the stadium. I'm coming back home to get on the live in-game stream. Scott and JC and Matt, you'll jump in for a little bit. They'll take you all the way up to kickoff. Your boy will jump back in at kickoff. I got Mark Schofield coming on the show. You've heard him before. He's going to be with me during the game. Bucks Cowboys breaking everything down. It will be a little bit different than the preseason in-game stream. If you heard that, there will be a little bit more play-by-play. There will actually a lot more. There will be a lot more adherence to every single play. We're in the preseason game. We were talking more player evaluation because we felt like that's what mattered, given that the result didn't matter. This one now, the result matters, so we'll be focused a lot more on some play-by-play breakdown, things like that as we move through the game. But join us for that live in-game stream. Going to be on the same link. You can just watch all the way, pre-game, all the way through as we go uh, break down uh, the Bucks and the Cowboys all throughout the game. Then after the game ends, there's going to be the Pewter Report post-game pod, and everybody on the staff will be on, and we'll all give our thoughts on the game, and we'll do our Manscaped game balls, and it's going to be a great time. So do game day right with Pewter Game Day pre-game, in-game, post-game. We've got you covered completely. It's going to be like that all season long. Make sure you're subscribed to the Pewter Report podcast on Pewter Report TV on YouTube. Hit the bell for the notifications when we go live so you don't miss anything, so you have your reminders and join us. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to interact throughout the games with y'all. We're going to put your comments up on the screen, your thoughts on the game up on the screen. We're going to respond to them. We'll do bye-bye-play. We'll react live. We'll do some funny things too. We've got lots planned for the season. It's going to be a blast. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're ready to roll as we go throughout the season. Going to be. It's going to be sick. It's going to be awesome. Like there is, you can't have enough Bucks coverage, and we are literally doing it like all freaking day <laughs> yeah. long. Which is we're gonna going to be wall to wall, baby. Yeah, <laughs> and it's going to be all great. Season we, it's awesome too. We have such a great staff that we can mm-hmm. mix and match. You know, you'll get a yes. little bit of Scott, a little bit of you, a little bit of me, a little bit of JC and Casey, and yeah. hey, that rhymes. That's cool. Everybody. And Paul yeah, and, right. and everyone else. You know, yeah. it's it's like it's going to be so much fun. Bucks football yeah. is here. Like, how could you not be excited? Yeah. How could if you not be excited? Fan, yeah, if you're a Bucks fan, this team and the coverage, this team meaning the Bucks and this team at Peter Report and the coverage we're going to bring you this season, I think at the end of the year, you'll look back. We're going to learn some stuff. This is a lot of this is new for us. We're jumping yeah. into it with both feet. We're willing. I said, got emails from fans after preseason game. They were like, give me suggestions. And I loved it. It was great. We'll take stuff. We'll learn. We'll get better for the next show. But I think this thing's going to be, uh, be a lot of fun. And so we're excited for y'all to join us as we roll through this thing. It's going to be a blast. So until tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern from Whiskey Wings and Temple Terrace for the pregame show from Avatera. I'm John Ledger. Thanks so much for joining us on another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. One more day.